Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So I know you're more of like a free range kind of unschooling parent, but I'm assuming you have some rules in your house, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, dads are great at making rules, but <laughs> but, but realistically, like, yeah, even though we kind of have a laid back approach to our kids' uh, education and our parenting style, there's, you know, there's, there's still chores to do to help the family and there's still expectations. So uh, definitely. Okay. So that, I mean, if that makes sense, I think most families have some rules, but you wouldn't punish your kids for a rule they didn't even know they were breaking, right? You wouldn't one day say, Oh my goodness, you left this toy on the ground. You know, you're grounded for seven months. You wouldn't do that. I hope. No, I mean, that, that would be completely, I think, unfair. It would be unreasonable to have an expectation for someone to behave in a certain way if I hadn't told them or they didn't already somehow know that they should behave that way. Accidentally, or absolutely. <laughs> but that brings me to a point I want to make today, and that's about intent. And intent is a really important word in our legal system. So to explain that word a little bit better, it means the reason why you did or didn't do something, right? So if I bump into someone on the street and didn't mean to hurt them, but I did, like maybe I'm looking at my cell phone, which happens all the time, uh, but I didn't intend to hurt them, I really didn't do anything wrong. I still messed up, but I wasn't purposefully trying to do it. Now, on the other hand, if I'm walking down the street and I see someone I don't like and I bump into them just because I'm being, you know, kind of a jerk, well, I would have intent, right? I would intently, purposefully be trying to hurt them. So our legal system is supposed to work the same way. If you break a law that you have intended to break or you know that you are breaking, then you might be guilty, right? Even in a in, in a murder case, because there's different kinds of murder you can be charged for, intent matters, right? Did you intend to murder this person? I think it's manslaughter is what it's called. If you didn't mm -hmm. mean to kill someone, but you did. So there's this concept called mens rea, which is guilt or Latin for guilty mind. So basically you have to have the intent or you have to, in your mind, be guilty of wanting to commit that crime. And you have to have that guilty mind to actually be convicted of a crime, or at least that's how it should be. And that is how our system was originally set up. So there's an example I want to give, and then I kind of want to talk about it with you, Connor, and see what you think. All right. So in 1997, this three-time Indy 500 winner, that's like racing, um, was convicted of a federal crime, and he had to pay $5,000 and serve a six-month prison sentence for a crime he didn't even know he was committing. And this just irks me to my core. So, so here's the story. So he and his friend are riding a snowmobile, you know, they're having a good time. It's winter They're there. They don't think anything of it. And they get caught in this horrific blizzard in the middle of the woods that you know, don't really know where they are. Um, so they abandoned the snowmobile, snowmobile and, and they found shelter somewhere and, and they were trapped for two days and nearly died from hypothermia. Normally, this would be a story that like made it to the news. You know, you, you think like, oh, my goodness, these two heroes, they they were able to find shelter and find a way to survive. Mm -hmm. That is not what happened. <laughs> so, again, you'd think this is something you should sympathize with and maybe not punish. But as I like to say, state is going to state. So the government's going to do their thing. And as some people like to say, uh, so the federal government basically tried to punish him for the silliest thing ever. So there is a statute that says you can't leave something that isn't. I was going to say, Bernie, a statute, just to be clear for the kids. Oh, good point. It's, uh, it's just a law, right? It's like a, a law. state law. Yeah. Yep. 
but this in, in the case was federal. So, and they were in federal land. They were in the federal woods. So the guy basically abandoned his snowmobile in federal wilderness area, which is a crime. You can't leave something that isn't natural to the environment, right? So he didn't know he was doing this. He didn't know that there was a crime. So as I talked about with intent, he did not intend to violate a federal law because he didn't even know the law existed, right? So he was just seeking shelter to save his own life. And instead, the justice system found him guilty of a federal offense. And again, he served six months in prison and had to pay $5,000. I mean, that's just crazy, right? Because if you have no clue... Uh, there's, there's, I, I hesitate to kind of bring up more Latin terms because this can kind of make it confusing because yes. we've, we've got mens rea, but there's some really important uh, terms. One is called malum in se. And what that really just means is it, it's, it's something that's bad in and of itself. It, it's mm. obvious to people that it's bad, like stealing from people or, or hurting them or killing them. Like those are things that are just obviously bad uh, they're they're inherently or naturally bad so that's called malum in se and then on the other hand there are types of crimes called malum prohibitum which means things that are bad because they're prohibited just like the example you just shared it wasn't inherently bad to leave a snowmobile on a piece of land yeah <laughs> like uh, you know people throughout history have left, you know, their wagons and their horses and their whatever on land. So it's, it's not inherently bad to leave something on a piece of property. So it's not a malum in se, it's instead a, a malum prohibitum. In other words, that thing, that, that event you just related, Brittany, was only bad because someone had prohibited. Well, if a bunch of people in Congress got together decades ago and came up with this law, that has been sitting on the books that no one's paid attention to. No one knows about it, but it's there. And randomly, decades later, here it applies to our snowmobile friend seeking shelter. And there's some prosecutor, which is like a lawyer for the government, who's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm aware of this law and you violate it. So now we're going to throw you in prison for months. Like, that's just crazy. If, if things are, are only bad because they're prohibited, but then if people don't know they're prohibited, how are they supposed to know that they're not supposed to do that thing? Like, it's one thing to say, hey, it's, it's like, uh, for example, another malum prohibitum is you have to stop at stop signs. But, but that one is far more clear because we drive all the time and we see our parents growing up stopping at stop signs. And then when we go take the driver's exam, you know, to get our, our license, it's very clear, like, hey, you got to stop at stop signs. And, 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 and so... That one's a little bit easier because it's a malum prohibitum. In other words, you know, if, if, if it's three in the morning and literally no one is around and you don't stop at a stop sign, it's not like you're an evil person. Yeah. Right. You've not committed this inherently uh, immoral action. You're not a, a bad person. Uh, you've just done something that you were told not to. But why should you stop at a stop sign in the middle of nowhere at three in the morning when there's not a soul around that? You shouldn't have to, or, or even worse, like at an intersection where it's a red light and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for that green light, but no one's around. Like, it's okay to move forward. You're not going to be a bad person if you do. Um, but those are, those are things that we all know about. They're, they're, they're quote unquote bad because they're prohibited just because the government said, Hey, you can't do this. Right. But we know about it. It's very clear that, Hey, you got to stop at stop signs because uh, we've all been kind of educated and exposed to that malum prohibitum. We we all know that, oh, well, 
you know, they've said we have to stop at stop signs. And so if you don't, you'll get busted. When was the last time anyone ever communicated to the public that you can't abandon a snowmobile on federal land during an emergency when you're trying to seek shelter? Like when was the last time your parents sat you down to tell you that lesson, <laughs> right? Or, not, in, not in your bill of rights, you know, civics class that you're taking at school. Right. Yeah. A high school teacher didn't talk about it. You didn't see it on the media. And so if things are, are mala prohibita, that if they're, if they're bad because they're prohibited, but then no one knows about those things, you can't reasonably expect to hold people accountable for those things that they had no clue about. And yet the government, I mean, there's so many other stories like this, Brittany, where, you know, someone is, is uh, out fishing uh, off the East Coast and they catch, you know, a few fish and, oh, lo and behold, one of the fish they caught is this protected type of fish, or maybe it's a lobster or whatever. And the government said, you're not allowed to keep those. Well, if you're just like a, you know, recreational person having some fun, like, how are you supposed to know? Yeah. But then if, you know, you post on social media and, hey, look at my catch. And then yep. someone finds that and, you know, you get a visit from the, you know, Coast Guard or whoever oversees that stuff. And uh, they slap you with a, you know, $5,000 fine for, you know, uh, admitting to this crime that you had no clue. Exi- so these these stories happen time and time again. Uh, I'll, I'll share one other uh brief one that that comes to mind here when it comes to you know being an accidental criminal i have uh, several photos on uh, the wall of my office uh, of, of people i consider heroes and one of them was this gentleman named arthur this old gentleman who for decades uh had uh, fed the homeless with his wife and uh, his wife uh, passed away he he kept the work going and uh and 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 he's feeding the homeless and Lo and behold, the city council is passing all of these laws saying, oh, well, you need a, you know, porta potties and you need, you know, all this kind of stuff. Otherwise, you're breaking the law. And he's just trying to do this very basic Christian act, you know, caring for people and, and providing homeless people meals. And the government over here is you know, passing all these laws. And so the police show up and he gets arrested. And uh, and it makes just international news because, like, here's the government that supposedly is there to, like, you know, help people and whatnot. And then here's a man who's actually helping people and the government's coming after him and shutting him down. And so, I mean, this gets into like civil disobedience and what proper laws are and so forth. But but to to the question of the day on this episode, can you be an accidental criminal? Oh, yeah, it happens all the time. And it's absolutely absurd. Well, and there's one point, and this is honestly for a whole other episode that we can talk about, but one reason people don't know they're breaking laws is because there's something, and we got into way too many legal terms today, but I'm going to give you one more called Chevron deference. There's a problem where the government, the judges have actually let agencies make laws. Now, you know, anybody who knows about the three branches of government know there's legislative, judicial, and executive. Only one of those groups is allowed to make laws, and that's the legislature. But agencies like uh, the Fish and Wildlife Service are really bad at that. You kind of mentioned them. Um, actually, a lot of the environmental, so EPA is really bad at this. They start making their own laws because Chevron deference basically says if Congress has not explicitly addressed this issue, then the judges can defer in your favor. So they can go in your favor. So these laws aren't laws that are being passed by Congress. People don't know they're breaking them because there's no, unless you're constantly going on the Fish and Wildlife Service website and looking up statutes, which I don't think any of us are doing, you don't know that. So our government is so inconsistent that you often break laws you didn't even know existed. I think that's what's uh, the most absurd about it. And and just to correct you, not that you intended to to say it, but the, the rules that these government agencies are passing are not statutes. They're not laws, right? That they are 
instead they're they're just uh the technical term is administrative laws mm-hmm. but, but these agencies they're just supposed to be implementing what the legislature has yep. said so the the con- congress for example at the federal level they'll pass a law and then uh the epa or whoever they're supposed to then just pass rules that that are consistent with those laws to yep. then kind of just say okay here's how we're going to implement this and here's the application you need or here's the process and they just kind of spell it out in more detail but instead, what these agencies have done is, to your point, Brittany, time and time again, they've kind of expanded uh, beyond what Congress has ever said. They've created all kinds of new things that they have the force of law. Uh, in other words, the they're the government, right? They'll fine you if you disobey their rules. But they were never actually passed as laws. They were never voted on. Yep. People don't know about them. As you say, no one's scanning the, the website and the the hundreds and you know thousands of pages of these rules that exist no one no one knows and yet it's creating criminals out of society who are not uh, going back to our first term right they they don't have that intent they're not intending to cause other people harm and and that's where the distinction between a malum and say and a malum prohibitum is important because a malum and say is is the traditional things right don't hurt people don't steal from people you know don't kill from people we know that those things are wrong it's basic morality. And so if, if we have the intent to harm someone, then, you know, chances are we're breaking a, a malum in se because these are laws that are they're evident to, to just protect people's basic rights and, and freedom and leave people alone. But if we're breaking a malum prohibitum, if we're running that stop sign, we're catching the wrong fish, we're leaving our snowmobile on federal land, chances are we don't have the intent to cause anyone any wrongdoing we're not meaning to cause people harm so these these distinctions are really important you guys why because the government has grown so far beyond where it should have and in large part it's because people including politicians don't really understand these these distinctions and they just pass all these laws and they grow the government and they don't realize they're making criminals out of people uh, so we will include a couple show notes uh items in the show notes uh, today to explain these terms a little bit more and uh, point in the direction of learning more about these ideas because these are at the foundation of, of good government. Uh, we'll also include a link on the page uh, to the book I did called Lessons from a Lemonade Stand, which explains a lot of these ideas uh, more for like teenagers, kind of a teenager, young adult audience, and certainly the parents as well. It's critical that we understand these things uh, if we want to understand uh, how to restrain the government, how to protect our rights. Great topic as always, Brittany. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.